0: Praise the Lord. Today for the meditation of the scriptures, let us open the Bibles and turn to Psalm 62. Psalm 62 is a Psalm that is written by David and it probably was written at a time of trial that he faced when either his son Absalom was trying to usurp the throne or it was probably written at a time well before when uh, David was probably ruling over Judah and the forces of Saul who were sympathetic with Saul were trying to uh, dethrone the king at that point of time. In either case, we understand that it was written at a time when David was facing many challenges and difficulties in his life. And in this psalm, David shows a lot of faith in the Lord as he rests in God alone and looks to God for salvation. He trusts the Lord to defeat the enemy and he trusts the Lord to restore the peace to the land. If you see the psalm, it's broadly divided into three sections. Verses 1 to 4 talks about God as my salvation. David experiences God as the God of my salvation. And in verses 5 until 10, he thinks of God as my refuge. He's the person who God is the one who is protecting David. And lastly, in verses 11 and 12, David sees God as God my rewarder. And we see that these parallel the three stages of Christian life as well, wherein God becomes our salvation the time that we are born again. He becomes our refuge and our protector from the time that we are born again until the time that we meet with Him and finally uh, we see God as our rewarder when we stand before His holy presence and we receive the rewards. Let these thoughts come into our heart as we meditate upon the scripture and find comfort As David had found the comfort in the Lord during his times of trouble. Verse 1 says, For God alone my soul waits in silence, from him comes my salvation. Verse 2 He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress, I shall not be greatly shaken. Here we see that David is a person who ran to the Lord and found that security in the Lord. And he says here, For God alone my soul waits in silence. What David means here is, his faith is not in anything other than God. It's not God plus something else. It is in God alone. During the times of his trouble, during the times of his trial, David still relies and trusts on God alone. He knows God is the one who has ordained all his life. God is the one who has set him on the throne. God is the one who has noted all the plans that God has concerning David. And he rests in that assurance. He doesn't try to argue with the enemy. He doesn't try to oppose the enemy. He does not get into a a period where he goes and tells God what to do. He just prays, he trusts, and he waits. He knows that God is going to give him the kingdom in his good time. And we see here that he once again reaffirms God as his rock and his salvation, his fortress. And that phrase talks about a great strength, a great stability that we can have only when we rely on the Lord, only when we lean on the Lord. If you look at Psalm 18 verses 1 to 2, the very same word pictures are used there. Now, David was a very humble man and that's why in verse 3, if you read verses 3 and 4, he says, how long will all of you attack a man to batter him like a leaning wall or a tottering fence? They only plan to thrust him down from his high position. They take pleasure and falsehood. They bless with their mouths but inwardly they curse. In verses 3 and 4 we see a picture of the enemies that David had to face and David pictures himself as a wall that is unstable, that is leaning, about to be broken down, as a fence that is is the very picture of instability and he sees his enemies as attacking him as though with a battering ram. In order to bring that wall down, in order to bring that fence down. Now, David recognizes that his own state was that of instability. But he says, God is my rock and my salvation and my fortress. Now, the enemy could go about threatening him, lying about him, assaulting him, even physically if need be. But that will not take away the peace that God has put in his heart. Why? Because as in verse 1 he says, For God alone my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. Dearly beloved, in the Bible we see this important principle. To wait before the Lord in silence is not a futile task. It is not idleness. It is not a a fruitless activity. It is a calm attitude of worship and faith. And resting in his greatness, his sovereignty and being submitted to his will. Not only that, it is a time of receiving that power... It is a preparation for the time when God is going to give orders in order for us to act and go forward. The time that we had waiting in the presence of the Lord is the spiritual charge that we have in order to perform the will of God in the times of activity. The times that we are hidden in the presence of God, the times that God does not allow us to act are the times when we are charging ourselves. It's just like a phone needs to be plugged in and receive that charge in order for it to function effectively. We are sometimes placed into that charging mode. We are placed into that apparently inactive mode where the Lord is enabling us, empowering us and preparing us for the days that are ahead. Now, after saying this much David then goes into the next section of the psalm verses 5 till 10 where he once again repeats the praise section and the trust affirmation that he has about God in verses 5 to 7 he says for God alone o my soul wait in silence for my hope is found in him he alone is my rock and my salvation my fortress and I shall not be shaken now the greater the realization that God was his fortress, The greater was the peace and calmness that came into his heart. He was not depending on himself or his own strength, but he was depending on the Lord God Almighty. Now, he had staked his throne, he had staked his reputation and he had staked his entire life depending only on the faithfulness of God. And he says, because of that, I now rejoice. He says in verse 7, On God rests my salvation and my glory, my mighty rock and my refuge is God. Now God wants us to be likewise taking all on him. He is the person on whom we can lean. All other crutches on which we lean shall be broken. All other things that we trust shall prove themselves trust uh, uh, not worthy of the trust. And we see that God takes us to a point of depth where we realize that he alone is the one who can save us. Now David says at this point of time, on God rests my salvation and my glory. And verse 8, he says, it's an encouragement that he is giving to everybody who is hearing him. Trust in him at all times, O ye people. Pour out your heart before him, for God is a refuge for us. In the second part of the psalm, verses 5 to 10, we see God as our refuge. Now, he is not only the one who saves us, he is also the one who keeps us saved and keeps us protected. Now, the times of waiting can be very difficult if we do not wholly depend on God, if we are not really aware of the nature and the sovereign purposes of God, if we sometimes mistake God's love for us as his lack of care for us, sometimes all these things can plague our hearts. But God's delays are not his denials and sometimes as we wait upon the Lord, the strength increases in our hearts and we end up trusting in him at all times and we ask others to do the same thing because it is a wise thing to do. David says in verse 8, trust in him. Number two, he says, pour out your heart before him for he is a refuge for us. Today, the instruction that comes to us in the times of our desperation, again, raise our voices and praise God for who he is. He alone is our saviour, our rock, our fortress. He alone is our salvation. He alone is our glory. Let us make that faith affirmation before him but let us also trust in him and let us also pour out our hearts to him. The times that we are shut in with the Lord are not times for us to remain silent But we can utter words in his presence as our prayers. Our hearts can be poured out before the Lord. We do not need to mask anything. We need not put on a brave face before the Lord. We can be as we are before him. Pour out our hearts and he shall reward us with his strength. David goes on to say in verses 9 and 10, what are the kind of qualities that he observes in his enemies and the people who are mortal human beings? While David looked to the Lord, he saw himself as a weak fence, a tottering wall. But when he looked at his enemies, he sees them as nothing. He says, those of low estate are but a breath; Those of high estate are a delusion. They are a lie. In balances, they go up and altogether they are lighter than a breath." Now, no matter how high people are socially or how powerful they are economically, All men are but a vanity, a breath. That is what we understand. Put them on the scales and it weighs nothing. That's what David says here. Now, we also look now at the enemies of David who had probably acquired their power and wealth by oppressing and abusing others and perverting justice. And David is telling the people who are listening him that this mode of operation does not work for a child of God. He says here, do not put your your trust in extortion. Do not put hopes on robbery. If riches increase, do not set your heart upon them. And this is written like a wisdom phrase for each one of us. Today, dearly beloved, the question that God is asking us, are you putting your trust in wealth, positions or human abilities? Because none of these will last forever. It is only the Lord who will be able to deliver us, who will be able to help us in the day of our trouble. We come to the next portion of the psalm, verses 11 and 12, where David says, Once God has spoken, twice I have heard this, that power belongs to God, and that you, O Lord, be, to you, O Lord, belongs steadfast love. For you will render to a man according to his work. David says here that, Once God has spoken, twice I have heard this. This is a Hebrew euphemism for uh, repeatedly listening to what the Lord wants to tell us many times. For example, the word of God is written once and given to us. But as we read it many times, the message of the word of God sinks into our heart deeper and deeper, transforming us from within. And David carries these words of God as the lesson that was written on his heart. As he meditated upon the scripture, as he meditated upon the word that God has spoken to him, the promises that God had spoken to him, they became a reality in his life. They became imprinted in in his heart. They they started transforming the very way in which he lived as well. Now David recognizes this fact that God is a powerful God and God is a covenant-keeping God. That's the two things that is mentioned there in verses eleven and twelve. That power belongs to the Lord and To him belongs steadfast love or covenant-keeping love. Now, these strength and loving-kindness are the things that David is relying on for every crisis of his life. For we are in the hands of a God whose love never fails, whose strength never fails. And David knows that at the right time, God is going to vindicate him. That his enemies are going to be removed from the scene. That God is going to restore the kingdom back to him. That he is going to fulfill God's purposes and plan for his life. And nothing is going to challenge God from accomplishing what he had planned to do through David and in David. God is the one who knows and rewards according to what every person has done. Verse 12 says, For you will render to a man according to his work. That is something that we need to understand dearly beloved and 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 8 says for every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. It is up to us to decide how we labor. It is up to us to decide how we utilize our time, resources etc. for the glory of God or for the glory of man. According to the will of God or contrary to it, the decision is ours. My prayer today is that the Lord will enable us through the Holy Spirit to work in a manner, to live in a manner that pleases Him and that brings glory to His holy name. So that on the day that we stand before His presence, that we will not be in shame, but rather we will receive the good reward for what God has done through our lives. May the Lord bless us and encourage us through the meditation of these scriptures.